Welcome to the Spotlight Series from the Do More Good Podcast. You're listening to the Do More Good Podcast. The Do More Good Podcast. Uh, welcome to Do More Good Podcast. Do More Good. Do Good, Do More. Do More Good Podcast. Do More Good Podcast. That's what you want me to say. Yeah. You're okay. listening to the Do More Good Podcast. The Spotlight Series celebrates the stars of the sector. We're taking 20 minutes to talk about whatever topic is on their mind. Head to domoregood.uk forward slash spotlight to find out more and book your own 15 minutes of fundraising fame. So here we are, James. We've got another brilliant guest with us who's very kindly emailed us in after the tweet last week and is happy to share their story. So introduce Jan Seymour. Hi, Jan. How are you doing? Hi, I'm very well. How are you guys? Good. We're okay. Yeah, very well, thank you. You're the first in a new series for us. Excellent. Yeah, a pioneer. <laughs> we try well, something I do different. like, I'm a fundraiser. It's my job to be a pioneer. Exactly. Exactly. Jan, so just kind of get into it. How did you get into fundraising? And what's, what's, your, what's your backstory? I have a lovely backstory. I'm quite proud of my backstory. I, I trained as a musician, a viola player. Um, and I was training at the Royal Northern College of Music, and as part of that, I did a placement with Opera North, and it was around musical education, and it was the most extraordinary project where it brought children from a low social economic environment school to work with children with learning disabilities together to create a new opera, and I had never seen anything like it. Children who had communication problems and physical disabilities, they were coming out of their shells. They were coming up with musical lines and lyrics and ideas and they were working together. They were designing sets and building them and mobilising and communicating in ways that for some of them was really quite breakthrough. It was quite pioneering. And I stood back and thought, this is absolutely extraordinary. And then the fundraising team came in to see the work that they had effectively enabled through their skills as fundraisers. It was a grant-making organisation that funded this. And I thought, as much as I love being a musician, I want to enable more projects to happen. I want to enable more change for people, for people to have better lives. That moved me and changed the course of my life completely. After I left my musician training, I took a job with Britain's most pioneering orchestra, Manchester Camerata, absolutely exceptional. You may have seen them at Glastonbury, classical orchestra, brilliant. Amazing. Um, as the development officer, and that started me off on my fundraising career. Wow, wow. that's a great story to get into it. Like, it's yeah. amazing. It's amazing you already, you know, we've obviously spoke to quite a few fundraisers over the years, and everybody's got a very unique little backstory as to how they, they fell into it, or that opportunity, or that person that they met. So, yeah, it's a brilliant one. Yeah, it just, it's about change. It's about making, making things happen and making things happen through gifts, through philanthropy. I mean, the grant making body chose to give their money. They had a huge hand in that. And once I unpicked the layers of fundraising and the possibility, it just seemed like it really, really, really does have the chance to change the world. And we've only got to look at what's happening with coronavirus. I mean, we've all been affected by it. The research that's changing the pathways of our medical treatments, of our vaccination possibilities. It's happening through the NHS. That's being supported through huge amounts of philanthropic support. 
It's happening in collaboration with researchers who are supported at universities through gifts from donors. I mean, it's a virtuous circle that the solutions, the greatest solutions to mankind will happen through philanthropy. I truly, truly believe that. Yeah, lovely thought. And what's happening with you at the moment? How have you been affected? I've had quite an interesting time. Right at the beginning of lockdown, I had the job off of my dreams, <laughs> which was then sadly withdrawn about eight weeks later. <laughs> Um, so I had that hit which I was expecting you know I could see it coming and then fairly recently I have gone into consultation with my current employer how are you feeling about that was it did it come as a surprise to you or no not a surprise so I'm on the management team and if I was reshaping the organization I would have put me into consultation too (laughs) right I understand how the organization works how it needs to be structured to function so it's entirely expected and given circumstances the right thing to do for its own survival so that's fine it's just a bit tough (laughs) yeah I mean that's an interesting perspective as well and one that we haven't quite had yet is someone who's obviously involved in the management team like you said you would make that decision as well but it's affecting you that's quite a, a weird psychology behind it sounds like you're accepting it in the, in the way that it's meant and that it's just you know it's it not needs to happen. Yeah. yeah and I'd say to every fundraiser on furlough and every fundraiser facing consultancy redundancy it is not about you it's not about your skills your talent your ability what you can bring it is absolutely not a personal decision it will be hurting the people making the decision they don't want to split their teams up they don't want to remove their income generators we're fundraisers we exist to enable great things to happen to protect people to protect resources to protect buildings iconic heritage buildings theatres orchestras the most vulnerable that's what matters and protecting that first and foremost is the point of the charity existing and in order to do that really difficult decisions are being made and sometimes that includes saying goodbye to myself (laughs) so if you're seeing this as something of an opportunity, where do you, where do you want to go in the next few months? What's what's on the agenda? Oh, where do I want to go in the next few months? Well, it's quite exciting at the same stage. So it's you know the world really is my oyster right now. Within within reason, I have small children at home, and I don't think I'm going to be dragging them anywhere too exotic anytime soon. I mean, for me personally, I'm a high value relationship manager. That's that's where I sit. I have huge amounts of experience with trust and foundations and corporates. But even that sits within that high value network, working with board management, with patrons, ambassador management. It's all about relationships and people. So I'm looking for an opportunity for something that gives me a chance to really embed myself in an organisation where I can use those relationship management skills to have huge returns on investments. That's where I see myself, where I'm most comfortable and where I'm at my best and Mm. honest about who I am. And you touched on it before we started recording a little bit, Jan, around obviously you're based up in, in the north of England. Yes, I am based in a town called Halifax. And for those of you that have never heard of it, it is in the Calder Valley. So if anyone's seen Happy Valley, that might give you a clue. Betwixt Leeds and Manchester. So it's, been, it's a really interesting position geographically, I find myself in. Um, I'm centred in the heart of the UK. And when I look at jobs boards and opportunities, you've only got to run through a recruitment site, London, 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 London. 
And of course, there's lots of opportunity. There's headquarters in London. But it feels like since coronavirus has started, there's been a real shift, shift in home working. And as I think with my kind of management strategic hat on, where what is the future of charity fundraising? Where is it going to go? Diversifying portfolios, expanding reach for sustainability is going to be absolutely key to the future, to future success. And I've only got to think that, for example, the Leeds City region is the second most wealthy region, the second highest region of net wealth in the UK outside of London. How many charities are focusing efforts in that region? I can tell you who they all are, and it's not that many. <laughs> you know, you've got to, the ban from Newcastle to Leeds to Manchester over to Liverpool is so rich with opportunities for community fundraising, business, alongside a vast amount of net worth. I mean, as a major donor fundraiser, there is so much opportunity to be had there. And looking to support an organisation at expanding their reach in a much more national way at exploring the opportunities further north and that just doesn't stop when we get to Manchester we're going the whole way up to Scotland Edinburgh Glasgow over to Cardiff which some people see as being in the south it depends how you how you think of the UK there is so many new potential sources of income to be explored to be tapped into to be looked at and that's what I would like to help organizations use my networks my experience my thoughts, my knowledge, and um, to do that. I mean, a few initiatives, we've got MP2, we've got HS2 coming up to the north of England. You know, BBC's moved to Manchester, Channel 4's moving to Leeds. We know there's going to be an exodus from London. Who's looking after those individuals? Where are they going? How are we charting those business movements? So it feels like it's now is the time to start to build those networks, to start to embed the organisation in different regions. And to start to work with people who potentially have never thought about philanthropy before. I've worked for an organisation that saw me do a huge amount of fundraising in London as well as the rest of the UK. And it was faster often in London because individuals are embedded in networks where they, they expect to be asked. And when you're in networks where you're not expected to be asked, it can be not a, a slower process it just takes more care more time more coaxing more thought more empathy and to start that process now I would see such a great return three years five years ten years into the future and organizations that are looking at it I think will really really um, reap that reward of investment and certainly if there is a silver lining to the, the past few months uh, I think we've all missed seeing each other face to face but it's, it's proved that it doesn't really matter where you are I mean can't tell from Kenneth there, but he's actually sat in the Bahamas logging in for this one. <laughs> moved out to his, his third or fourth home thing of lockdown. I'll be coming out to you for a major gift now, next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, if only that were true, Dran, if only that were true, you could have you could have as many major gifts as you wanted, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. But that, that kind of reliance on all being in the same place isn't necessarily there at the moment. And whether that, you know, we can continue that and keep that, that culture or that behaviour going. I think it's an important culture for talent acquisition. There is so much talent across the UK and by focusing on a region you're making the pool of potential candidates, of the talent that you have available to you smaller. It's perfectly feasible to hold team meetings, to talk to staff mm. via Teams, via Zooms and other means. And in terms of meeting donors, I mean 
I can tell you now, I can get up at six o'clock in the morning and have a first meeting in London at 9.30. <laughs> it's, not, it's not hard. No. The train from Leeds leaves at seven o'clock. Then London at nine o'clock, 9.30 just outside King's Cross, I've done it many times, home in time for bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's, it's, that, it's that bubble, isn't it? It's that bubble yeah. of London where, I mean, I, I commute into London from near Cambridge, so quite regularly on that train with everyone else commuting but London does have that centric feeling where everyone thinks that everybody is in London and nothing exists outside yeah, of it and, absolutely. and I that's the point and I think there's just so I mean I know a lot of furloughs um, and being redundant and redundant fundraisers and they really there is so much talent and it's the talent and it's the knowledge of those fundraisers in a certain area and for organisations to tap into it which is I think it would prove beneficial to them, never mind potentially to me if I get a fabulous new piece of work. Um, yeah. You know what, I think, Jan, that's a really interesting point that we will we'll look to kind of take forward into further discussions as more people like yourself who are kind of talking about that, you know, maybe we can start getting it on the agenda because there is, as you say, there is going to be charities that are looking for new income streams, okay, looking to diversify, looking at how they need to change things up because they can't do just what they were doing prior to COVID. And maybe expanding those horizons to to the north of England, to other pots around the UK, where there is, as you say, affluent communities, number of grant giving organisations, etc. We just need to work out where Cardiff is, don't we? Is that north or south? <laughs> I grew up in Nottingham, and I'm originally from Newcastle, and Nottingham was always seen as the south. But for a lot of people, that's the north. So. It's in the north. Well, if you get some fundraising jobs in the north, they start from Nottingham, they include all of Wales, and they go right on up to the Scottish, <laughs> the Scottish borders. So it just depends on how you draw the ring. Exactly. Um, it can go left, it can go south, but it's anywhere above Watford. Yeah, that's about it. Well, Jan, look, we'll wrap it up there. Um, if anyone's listening to this and wants to kind of reach out to you or, or you know, connect well, and maybe pick up on this conversation, wh- where, where can they find you? Um, LinkedIn, find me, send me a message, drop me a note. And I'm really happy to speak to any other fundraisers who are finding this hard. For me, it's just full of opportunity. And, you know, I was sad about it for a while. And I think it's OK to be sad about it. It's, it felt like I was being dumped. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time since I've been dumped um, <laughs> and there's that grief process that you have to go through and then it's that it's not you it's them and is it is it you have you done something wrong and those thoughts all go through your head but once I've come out the other side of it it was a purely business decision it is a business decision it's the right decision no one's doing it out of anything other than protecting the organizations and the beneficiaries which as charities is our job that's that is what we're there to do and there's so much opportunity and I think off the back of this we're going to see change really dramatic change in the sector and that in itself is exciting well look I think that's a perfect way of, of, of summing it up around this isn't personal if you're working for a charity we're there for the beneficiaries and they're the most important thing. so look Jan we'll let you go we know you've got you've got some childcare duties there and uh, you should have you should have bought <laughs> it's lunchtime absolutely well look you um, take care of yourself um, just before we go, Kenneth, uh, Jan talks about securing her perfect job at the beginning of the show. What would be your perfect job offer? What, for me? Yeah. Yeah, well, let's hear that. Wow, that's a good one to put me on the spot. I'm not normally speechless on this. Full-time dad? Nice. Oh, nice. what a nice guy. Plus 150 grand a year, if that's okay. Great <laughs> <laughs> stuff. All right. Oh. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure speaking to both of you. Thank you, Joe.
Thanks for tuning in to the Spotlight series from the Do More Good podcast. You can find our main episodes at domoregood.uk and we're on Twitter and Instagram at domoregoodpod. If you fancy featuring on Spotlight, then head to domoregood.uk forward slash spotlight and get in touch. We'll speak to you soon.